This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Just go for it because I very much believe if you just, the worst thing that they can say is no, right? And in the grand scheme of things, a no is not that big of a deal, especially if you ask a lot. And so over time, you're going to get yeses. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest this week on The Portrait System is Erin DeGroote. Erin started her portrait business, and while she was doing well with her sales average, she decided something was missing and that she wasn't doing what she was meant to do in this industry. Erin started to do some behind-the-scenes work for different photographers and really fell in love with it. Because she's such a great photographer and she knows the ins and outs of running a business— she really began bringing so much value to other photographers in different ways. I loved interviewing Erin because it shows that there are so many different ways you can be successful in this industry, and she's such a great example of following her heart and doing what she truly loves. Okay, let's get started with Erin DeGroote. Hi, Erin. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's funny. We just saw each other like less than a week ago. I know. I feel like it went so fast. It was more of a wave as you pass by quickly. <laughs> I know. I know. I always hate that. It's like I see someone and I want to catch. Oh, just so people listening know, we were at WPPI in Las Vegas 
And, you know, it's like I, there's so many people that I know and so many just photographer friends that I always see that I, I'm either on my way to somewhere and I'll see someone. I'll be like, oh, I really want to talk to you, but I got to go. It's like, right. <laughs> it's like, and I know you were really busy too. Definitely. And, I got yeah. a lot of, I saw you running by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were you, tell everybody what you were up to at the show. So I was mostly in our brand new two WPPI shooting bays in the trade show floor. So I was helping uh, manage the models and the supporters that were in the bays. Oh, awesome. Very cool. I forgot this was the first time that WPPI has done the shooting base. It was. It was really cool. It was really fun to see the attendees get into it. You could see the excitement of them build as the trade show progressed when more people found out about them. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Because we've always done them at the Portrait Masters. Yeah. So this was a, yeah, new for WPPI. Awesome. All right, cool. Okay, so let's back up and talk about you and your business and just the whole evolution of how you, you know, kind of where you got to the point where you're at today. So let's start with, first of all, tell people where you live and, you know, just a little bit about how you started as a photographer. Sure. So I live in a small mountain town in the Southern California region. We actually recently got crazy amounts of snow. So that's been interesting. Um, that's right. I, Didn't you say you got like five <laughs> feet or something yes, obnoxious? Yes. I was thinking of you and people in North Dakota and thinking we had somehow swapped <laughs> climates because it was crazy. But yeah, so I live in the mountains. I kind of grew up all around Southern California. My first intro into photography was actually in high school. I was lucky that my school offered a darkroom film photography class. Um, so I got started there and that's kind of where my love for it fell or came to be. I was, I'm the same. I took uh, a darkroom film photography class in high school and I feel like I'm quite a bit older than you, but you know, this was back in like 1992 or three that I took that class. Yeah. Mine was, I think I started in 97, 98. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was actually, I do a lot of self-portraits now But my first self-portrait I ever did was actually in my bathroom where I grew up. And I did this really pretty, like, candlelit, very emotional scene. And then I actually developed it in my bathroom. I was lucky my uncle had an old machine that he had given me. And so I was able to do the whole process from start to finish in my little bathroom. And I still have the print. And it's one of my most treasured possessions. And I can totally see the art I still make now in that first ever self-portrait I did. And I just, I love that. It's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. So you do a lot of self-portrait work and then you went into a portrait business. I did briefly. Yeah. Yes. So I, I have five children, believe it or not. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of kids. And when I first, (laughs) it's, it's just a lot. And when I first, started. I kind of did years ago, starting in about 2009, 2010, I got my first DSLR. My kids at the time were, I only had three at that time and they were young school age, preschool and and early, early elementary school age. And I got my first DSLR and I did the typical, I don't like the phrase, but quote unquote, mom with a camera Mm -hmm. thing. Um, You know, I kind of reached out to people I used to know and asked if they wanted photo shoots for their, you know, I didn't, I tried newborns, I tried families, outdoors, all of that stuff, but I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> and so it was sort of just an experiment. And then I went through a period of several years where I did weddings, 
and I liked doing weddings, but I got burnt out on them really quickly. Um, so when I decided that weddings weren't really my jam, I, at the same time, around the same time, I had found Sue Bryce Education and began listening to a lot of her self-value talks and as well as the pricing and the marketing and sales intensives. And I realized that if I was going to put in the effort to provide this service, I needed to be charging what I was worth. Yeah, yeah. That's great. A lot of people don't start out with that kind of, you know, price structure or whatever. People start out with the, you know, shoot and burn couple hundred bucks, $75 even. I think I started out like $75. I definitely did that before I found Sue, but listening to okay. her gotcha. and realizing that like my time is valuable mm-hmm. made, I just kind of trusted her on that. And I definitely did the thing with the vouchers where you can give people a discount on your, but I always presented the full prices from the beginning. Due to my family schedule and structure, I didn't have a lot of time to pursue it. So I wasn't able to pursue that model full time at the time. And my goal was to eventually go full-time starting with a home studio. I had a whole plan. I even drew a floor plan of what I wanted my eventual studio to look like. And the plan was when my youngest was in first grade, I would go for it full force. And then the pandemic hit when she was in kindergarten and it kind of set everything, you know, I had to kind of set everything aside at that point. And that's when I started rethinking what I really wanted to do and what was really speaking to me. Okay, so it's interesting because, you know, often I interview people who are set talking about their business and how their portrait business grew and, you know, that's what they do full time now. What I know about you is that you kind of took a different route where you knew that you know the ins and outs, you know the back end of a photography business. You had a business, it just wasn't something that you were consistently to, like you didn't have clients consistently coming in, but you know the structure of a business, you know the behind the scenes, you know how to shoot, you know pricing, all of that. But then you kind of didn't move forward with growing that part of your business. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. No. Okay. So backtracking to about 2018, I was often on pursuing portraits as I could with my family as it was with the goal in mind at the time that I was going to eventually do it full time. And then in 2018, I worked behind the scenes at the Portrait Masters Conference for the first time. And I just absolutely loved it. I did a lot. I kind of just jumped in wherever I was needed. I got to see the back end of how all of that works. And Mm -hmm. I just loved, I loved it so much. I loved the fast paced nature of it. I loved all of the different um, activities. I, I like having variety even in like within a day that I just thrive on that and I loved it and so 2018 I worked there as a volunteer and then in 2019 I came back to work again as a that time on staff and again just absolutely loved it and so then when the pandemic hit I started reevaluating kind of my whole plan because at first I was feeling a little bitter because I thought oh there goes my big plans for you know the foreseeable future you know mm-hmm all that downtime, especially 2020, gave me a lot of time to really reevaluate um, what I truly am passionate about and what I love doing. And I realized that I totally thrive in the behind the scenes production and support side of things. And I just, I love it. And so I've been pursuing that all the way from, you know, I do take on smaller projects where I'm helping other photographers run their social media accounts or their Facebook groups. I've done 
behind the scenes production support for smaller workshops. Okay. So yeah, this is really cool. And it seems like, you know, everyone has the things that they're really great at and the things that light them up. And sometimes being that kind of front person of the business isn't, it's not for everyone. And and that's one of the reasons that, you know, I wanted to talk about this part of what you do is because it's like there, there's so many opportunities within the photography industry and the photo world that people can tap into if this is an industry they really want to be part of. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay, obviously you started volunteering with the portrait system, the portrait masters. That turned into you did a great job and the team was like, hey, let's have Aaron come mm-hmm. on as like paid, you know, as staff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Okay. So I know you kind of had that, um, you know, networking opportunity there to meet some people and like to build relationships with other photographers and that sort of thing. But how do you at that point, like how do you get someone to trust you to do their Instagram or, or you know, some of their social media stuff or to do you know, such so as some of the things that you're doing, like how did, how did that all happen? I think the biggest part is I always try to approach any situation where, especially if I'm working, I always want to give out of service and out of love for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think other people see that. Um, I'm really good at seeing other people's needs and filling them. And so I think I just naturally show that I'm there because I care about what's happening around me. And then I'm, I'm filling that support role. And it, as I'm having conversations and meeting people, I think other people sense that. And so I've had other photographers be like, Hey, I see you're doing this. Have you ever thought about doing something, you know, like, and they'll present an idea that they have, where maybe they need support in their business and ask me like, is that something you would be interested in? And so opportunities tend to present themselves when you, work hard and you're passionate about what you're doing and you don't make it. I think I also am pretty good about not making it about myself in those situations. Cause mm-hmm. when you're working behind That's the important. scenes, yeah. exactly. And I'm not ever approaching opportunities as what they can provide for me. I'm very much like, what can I do for you? And I think mm-hmm. people see that. And for those types of roles where you need, you need support behind the scenes. If you're the primary photographer and you have a business where you're the face of your business, you're the one interacting and getting your clients, but you need the support behind the scenes. You need someone who has that mentality. And I think that that's where I fit well with the people that I help. I really love everything you just said. I think I think sometimes we'll, sometimes people will take this approach of like, you know, can I buy you coffee and pick your brain? Right. And that doesn't feel like you are wanting to give any value that is like you are asking them, how can you help me? As right. opposed to how can I help you? Did exactly. I say that right? You know what I yes, mean? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, people get really like, people get kind of turned off by that. Like, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Sort of exactly. situation where it's like, I know that most instructors and most people, even just any, you know, ph- photographers in general, want to help others. That is a natural, normal feeling to want to help others. Well, at least it is for me and for <laughs> the people I run with, you know? <laughs> like, right. And there are people out there who just want to keep everything to themselves, and that's okay too. Right. But there's, it gets to the point where we all have such limited time, and, and if all we were doing was helping others all the time, just as just what we did, like, we wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't have a business. We wouldn't be able to have time for our family and our friends and all of that. So 
if you're out there and you're wondering like, how do I get into, you know, be someone's assistant or to help someone or whatever. And I know I've said this before and I feel like I'm like repeating myself, but how can you add value to that person? And in turn, they will help you. Exactly. I think it varies how in tune with others' energy people are. Like some people are very in tune with other people's energy and they will feel you from a mile away what your intentions are. And if your intentions are, I'm going to suck you dry for everything I can. And I actually had that happen once with an assistant on a wedding where I was the primary shooter and someone asked, can I come with you and I'll assist you. And then once we were on site, it was very much about her and what she wanted to get from it. And she wanted, you know, and it was sort of like not a good vibe at all. And I missed Mm -hmm. that when she asked at the time, if you're approaching people with that energy, you won't get very far. But if you approach it with genuine excitement and you're a cheerleader for their business and you're in support of their business and what they're doing, and it's not about you, then you will find opportunities that can really enrich your life. I've gotten to do some really cool things over the last year that I never, ever would have dreamed I would get to do if I didn't approach things with that kind of positive energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how do you let people know, like, let's say you don't have a big network of photographers who you, who you've met, but you know that you're great behind the scenes and you know that you have some skills that would bring value to other people how would you go about like advertising yourself? I guess if you don't yet have a big network, I think everyone has at least one connection. Even if like I live in a very small town, there's not a really active business to business scene up here or anything like Mm -hmm. that. So I do find my, my community within the photography communities that I'm plugged into, you know, the portrait system, portrait masters, that's kind of where I've met a lot of people that I know now in the industry. But if you don't have a huge connection or a huge network, I'm sure you have at least one. And if you can find one person to connect with and offer like, Hey, I see you have this business, you know, you're working this business and that's amazing. Is there anything, you know, I'm really good at XYZ skills. I'm really good with social media or I'm really good with, client connection behind this, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. If you can just work that one person and you do a really good job for them and come up with good energy, I feel like that broadens itself. And then Mm -hmm. also I think attending industry events is critical. Like I am not, I'm a very introverted person. I get very overwhelmed and big crowds. I love people, but it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But attending events has been a huge thing and just trying yeah. to make authentic connections with people without the expectation of like, I'm here to grease. What is that term? <laughs> um, what is that term where you're like, you know, handshaking and. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the term. I can't think of it either, but I know, I know what you mean. It's, um, it, you know, and, and this could be related to even networking groups to book clients where we're always go- saying this is going back to building relationships, mm-hmm. not who, who's going to book me, who's going to hire me you know, who can I, it's, it's really, truly just about connecting with people and making, you know, just building those relationships in order to, um, for those opportunities to arise. Cause it might not, like if you go to an event and you make it a point to talk to 20 different people mm-hmm. and ask them, what do they do? You know, what do they need in their business? Like, you know, that sort of thing, it might not happen overnight, no. But if you keep in touch and that sort of thing, when when someone needs something, you're going to be the person they think of. Right. 
Yeah. And I think also one thing that is adjacent that has also been part of, I think, the approach I try to have to life in general is just keeping in mind that I think a lot of people get caught up in the competitiveness and like having to stand out and be top dog. And I don't buy into that. I'm very much a rising tide raises all ships. And so Mm -hmm. I think I approach meeting new people or connecting with people at events and stuff with that same attitude. Like I don't feel a sense of competitiveness with others. I feel a sense of community. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes through in the way that I interact with them. And then I think also just being very intentional about how, who I connect with. And I think when you enter a room, if you're entering with openness to those connections, you will find the people that you gravitate towards naturally. And I think there's often a synchronicity there where if you are mindful of that, when you enter a space for networking or whatever it may be, that will allow you to find some natural connections that you can foster instead of trying to forcibly, you know, meet Mm -hmm. every single person Mm -hmm. that's there. If you can sort of go in mindfully and intentionally that you're going to connect with the people that resonate with you the most, I think that you can develop quality relationships versus just over quantity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, there's so much opportunity in this whole industry it's endless. Yeah. And I know there are people out there who are like, oh, I've been at this business for so long and, you know, I'm still not bringing in consistent clients and that sort of thing. And it's like, I don't know. I just encourage people if, if, and if that's what they want, if they want to continue moving forward, you know, with their business, like, yes, please do. But I also, for the people who are like, gosh, I just don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if being the front person is, is the right thing for me. Like these are, these are all opportunities you can consider. And, and there's also help, like you got a really, really amazing commercial job too, that you Mm -hmm. work on with someone as well. Yes. Um, And I know you can't talk specific details about it, but you know, how does something like, like to, to do a consistent commercial gig, how, how would you, and again, you're doing behind the scenes, right? Like assisting? Um, it's, I do a mix of editing, second shooting and assisting for that job. Yeah. And so, it's kind of funny. So that kind of goes back to what I was just talking about is the relationship I have with that photographer who I work for on that job has been built over years Mm -hmm. and organically over time. And it was a combination of having just genuinely been supportive of their career over time. But then also when they put out there that they were looking for help, I was terrified (laughs) because I have dealt with imposter syndrome. I think we all do. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. Like, this is not like, this is not an opportunity for you. That was the first instinctual voice. And I've been really working hard to smush that negative first response to things when they present Mm -hmm. themselves and just go for it. Because I very much believe if you just, the worst thing that they can say is no, right? And In the grand scheme of things, a no is not that big of a deal, especially if you ask a lot. And so over time, you're going to get yeses. And so I kind of just was like, well, I'm going to throw my name in the hat and see what happens. And then it happened. And it's been so much fun. It's the best job ever. It's in It marries some of my own interests outside of photography with photography. It's an adventure. It's all the things. It's very fulfilling. And I love it. And I would never have gotten that opportunity if I hadn't been intentional and compassionate in the way that I built the relationship. But then also if I hadn't been willing to 
take a risk as far as putting my name in the mix for that job. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. totally. One thing when you just said like, you know, doing some second shooting, some editing, that sort of thing. I remember when I was the lead person on weddings, you know, I, I shot so many hundreds of weddings and I remember, (laughs) okay, maybe not hundreds. How many weddings did I probably shoot? Probably just over a hundred. And I remembered Sometimes looking at my second shooter thinking, I kind of wish I was you right now. Right? <laughs> I love it. That's the best thing. I show up. It's all taken care of. I literally show up. I do the job and I go home and it's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a great, and for them, the main, photo- they love what they're doing too. And it all blends together. You know, we help each other. He couldn't yeah. do it without me, but I also obviously wouldn't be able to do what they're doing at this time either. So it, right. we need each other, just, you know, even if you end up doing things more behind the scenes or support, it really does just benefit. You're providing such a benefit to the person you're helping that you Mm -hmm. don't, there's no inferiority needed because what I provide is just as valuable as what they're providing to their clients, you know? Totally. Yep. And I will say, going back to the whole wedding example, it is really hard to find a solid second shooter or in like the commercial world to find a solid assistant who knows how to shoot, who is also going to grab you water if you need it, mm-hmm. who is just going to be there, you know, as you need it. It's really difficult to find someone who is just great at it. And and I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but it's, but it's hard. I went through some second shooters that just did not, just did not work out. And I know I'm not alone in this. Like, so many wedding photographers went through something similar and commercial photographers as well. But I feel like if you are someone who you feel like this is what you'd be really good at, people are going to be willing to pay you more. And and maybe that's part of it too. Maybe people weren't willing to pay as much as, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted or deserved or whatever. And, and it gets tricky, especially if you're not charging enough for the wedding you're shooting or for the commercial job or whatever. You only have so much of a budget, but you know, eventually I feel like when someone doesn't want to lose you, they're willing to pay you more as well. Right. Have have you found that to be true? Yes. And I think it's important to remember, you know, we price ourselves, we're supposed to price ourselves professionally. And if you are pricing your work at the professional standard so that you can pay for good help or pay for the client, the client experience is better too. So I think some photographers, they get worried that if they're paying an assistant well, or they're paying a second shooter well, that's taking from them. But really having good help in your corner is just going to improve your client experience. It's going to elevate what you offer. And so having that as your mindset of like, this is all part of the package and this is all helping me deliver the ultimate experience for my clients. That's going to eventually raise your sales because you're going to have people feeling even more loved and cared for than they already do. And if you're trying to do it yourself or you're trying to do it with an assistant that you're paying peanuts and isn't really heart and soul in it with you, the client's going to feel that too, you know? And so if you have someone that's there to be, I I kind of joke, I get called mom on jobs a lot because I have the mom energy and like, but it's because I caretake and I want to help make sure people are comfortable and like getting that bottle of water, like you said. And so, yeah, I think it's a valuable investment for photographers to have that person there with them and helping make sure that everything's going smoothly for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of really amazing people out there who would be so good at this. Yes, definitely. 
Yeah, yeah. And we're not cool. all, you know, as you go through life and you start to figure out who you are, we all fit different functions well, you know? And so even if it's not, if you're not feeling like you're quite fitting the main, you know, as a photographer necessarily, like there are so many opportunities to be had. And maybe there's something else that's still in the industry that's adjacent to what you're doing now that might be a better fit. And that's not to say that people should use this as like, I'm too scared to charge what I'm worth. So I'm going to try doing something smaller. It's like, there's a very, I want to make that distinction. Like don't use, I want to do production work or I want to be a second shooter as a crutch to prevent you from putting your heart and soul into what you're trying to do now. If you feel it in your heart that you want to be a portrait photographer and you want to have that successful studio, definitely pursue that. Don't, don't let yourself be held back by, fear you know I'm not motivated by fear in what I'm doing I'm motivated by true passion for what I'm doing if that makes sense it's such an important distinction I'm really really glad you said that because it's yeah yeah absolutely that was yeah you could not have said it better so if you're wondering about this and like wondering if this is a direction you want to take rewind that and listen to what Aaron just said again (laughs) (laughs) so is this your kind of full-time job at this point like your full-time career is is like assisting I don't necessarily want to say VA because it doesn't feel like it's a VA because you're doing so much in person but is this like your full-time job it comes in waves and again it one of the things I love about it is it's very flexible to what my family's current needs are as far as you know if you want to think of full-time as like 40 hours a week sometimes it's that sometimes it's more than that it's definitely something that is adjustable to things. I'm lucky that I have a spouse that can, does have the full-time 40 hours with benefits. So I do have that in my support system as far as income goes, but it's very flexible. It is the thing that I'm pursuing as my main source of income now. Yes. That's awesome. Where do you see yourself going from here? I would love to do more jobs that take me to other places, even if it's just for a couple of days. I actually had the idea of putting on my site, like if you're thinking about hosting a workshop in these locations, kind of like how wedding photographers will for destination weddings. I'm like, if you're hosting a workshop, I will work (laughs) in exchange for coming because that would be really cool. Um, Finding a way to integrate going to new places more with what I'm doing would be amazing because that's, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, this has been really great, Erin. I appreciate it. And and again, sometimes I just like to throw in interviews where it's not just all about, you know, the portrait business that everyone thinks it is. The front side, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. There's a lot that can, can be done otherwise. So very cool. Well, I still have a couple uh, questions to ask you that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is what well, okay. So normally I say, what's something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Do you want to answer that or do you want to kind of tweak it a little bit? I can answer that. Okay, great. So one thing I always like to have with me, whether I'm shooting myself for self-portraits or a client or, you know, just for fun, is I have this bag of random sheer fabric and I use it for all kinds of things. I'll sort of just dig through the bag and find one that feels good that day. And I've used it as veils. I've used it as quick headpieces, all kinds of things. So sheer fabric can save the day and make your creative juices really flow. So that's my big favorite. (laughs) Awesome. Do you ever shoot through it? 
I have. Yeah, I've actually used like tool to tie to just one side of the lens and kind of have it shoot through that way, almost like a filter. Mm -hmm. But keeping the center clear has been one of my favorite ways to do that. Yeah, nice. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? My family and I, like I said, we live in the mountains, so we spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, We're lucky that we have a forest right outside in our backyard, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? My favorite inspirational quote is actually by the poet Mary Oliver, and it goes, pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. Mm. And I love that Mm -hmm. because there's so much to see in the world. There's so much beauty. There's so much to connect with if you just pay attention. And I think being able to share your unique perspective with others is what makes us all beautifully human. And I just, that little, those short little lines really speak to me. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and it does. It just, I feel like that quote kind of, like reiterates being in the present too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love it. All right. Number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would tell them not to be afraid to ask for opportunities. I think I said that earlier, but I'll reiterate it because it's important not to be afraid and to approach every person you have a conversation with, with authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. Where can people find you online, Erin, if they're looking for you? My website is just my name, erindegroot.com. And I'm also on Instagram, Portrait. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for saying yes to this opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I did. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully, will I see you at the Portrait Masters conference? I, I know sure. we haven't set the date yet, but I know. I sure hope so. I, yeah. I believe so. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. All right, my dear. I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System podcast. Your five star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX 100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.